My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, my birdie buddies, this week's fairway rolling brought to us as always by the good people at Callaway Golf. I want to tell you about something that's coming up next week, Tuesday, February the 18th, Callaway Golf. Uh, has produced this incredible documentary, The Ball That Changed the Town. It is about the golf ball manufacturing facility they have in Chicopee, Massachusetts, that has been there for decades. In fact, it is the, the same site as the old Spalding facility that used to make Bobby Jones's golf balls, the balls that Bobby Jones used to win the Grand Slam in the same brick and mortar as where Callaway is currently making its Chrome Soft and all the other great balls. Lots of folks in the town of Chicopee, Mass., with the history of manufacturing, and this deep dive is unbelievable. The ball that changed the town is going to make its debut next week, Tuesday, February the 18th, 10.30 on the Golf Channel, 10.30 on the East Coast, 10.30 on the West Coast. All you have to do is turn it on at 10.30. This documentary will be running. They'll repeat it on Wednesday, the 19th, and then you can get it uh, anytime you want, sitting at your desk, CallawayGolf.com. This documentary, The Ball That Changed the Town, about making golf balls in Chicopee, Massachusetts. Hello, friends. Welcome to this golf podcast, unlike any other. All right, we've done it. My birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par-saving pals, this is Fairway Rollin', the golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House. What a show today. 
in honor of what a week we have coming up. Right after Pebble Beach, we all got to watch the beautiful, iconic Pebble Beach all weekend long. Kind of quite a laconic feel, if you will, to that event. Now things are getting revved up. We have a major field assembled at Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles, California. Tiger Woods is the host. I had to have a couple major guests to help make sense out of what we can hope to see this week coming up. Justin Ray from the 15th Club, the golf analytics firm, he's on to spread some of his beautiful analytical wisdom. And we have our old pal, Harry Gagnon, from Against All Odds and Odd Shark. He makes his 2020 debut. Debut. The first tee is open. Let's go over there and, and uh, put a peg in the ground with my main man, Justin Ray. All right, my birdie buddies, now on the tee. I am very excited to have this gentleman on. You will recall he was a frequent guest and contributor to Fairway Roll. And last year, we had him on coincident with each of the majors. It is right and appropriate in view of the outstanding field we have coming up this week at Riviera that Justin Ray... Join us once again, the 2020 debut of Justin Ray on Fairway Rolling. How you doing, buddy? I'm outstanding. Thanks for having me on again, man. I always love joining you. It is our pleasure, and I am very excited because I don't think I anticipated that we were going to have the field that is in front of us for the upcoming uh, Genesis Invitational um, at Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles. This is the first year that it's gone from being uh, kind of an open into an invitational, and it seems like Tiger has control of the list. So we have nine out of the top 10 golfers in the world and then a whole nother 15 or 20 in the, in the top 50. Beyond that, this is a major tournament field, Justin Ray. Do you agree with me? Yeah, 100%. I mean, this is everything the PGA Tour and the Genesis uh, folks at the Invitational had in mind when they had Tiger officially tie his name to this thing. I mean, Tiger went 10, 12 years without even playing here. Um, so to think that, you know, this has been, traditionally it's been a pretty strong field. You know, Riviera has been, you know, a fixture on, on in professional golf for a century. You know, it's a famous place. Um, you know, great layout there in Los Angeles. Um, but since they've been able to get Tiger's name officially tied to it, and now shifting it from, you know, the 144-player field to making it a little bit smaller, prize money is a little bit bigger, and this is the strongest field I can ever remember uh, for this event. So, I mean, it's certified, shaped up to be, this is the biggest week of the year so far in 2020 uh, for golf, and probably the biggest week um, until we get to maybe WGC match play. Yeah, and, and, and how about this? What if now, with the new schedule, we have this event in February and get an outstanding field for that. Then we have the Players' Championship in March. That's always a, a, a terrific field. Super depth. Then we have the Masters in April, the PGA Championship in May, the U.S. Open in June, and the British Open in July. I mean, this is a wealth of riches, Justin Ray. Yeah, and it's it's... I mean, maybe that's kind of what Genesis had in mind. I mean, I keep calling it by the title sponsor's name, but the folks who run this tournament had in mind is that 
you know, they could position themselves on the calendar as, you know, an elite event with a great field um, where all the best players could set it up perfectly into their schedule. And, you know, that's what we've ended up with. So it's worked out great. And it's going to be, you know, obviously, like you said, uh, a tremendous field, nine of the top 10 players in the world. Um, you know, Tiger's there, Kepco, Rory, everybody's there, um, you know, getting ready for what's going to be a great season here in 2020. Yeah, and and we're helped by the fact there's a WGSC event in Mexico right around the corner. This uh, event in California is the last of the California swing, this L.A., the L.A. Open. I'm just going to call it the L.A. Open. I mean, no, all, yeah, no that's for disrespect intended. Sure. Yeah, but no that's, one that's sending the... me a car, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I didn't get a car either. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to call it the L.A. Open. But, you know, some of the European players are coming across to play on the PGA Tour for the first time this season um, at Riviera. I know that uh, Sergio's coming over to play and we got uh, Adam Scott. Uh, he's not European, but uh, from Australia and then Eric Van Roy. And these are all guys making their uh, debut because, you know, uh, right around the corner is the WGC event down in Mexico. Now I want to um, do proper justice to the just concluded AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am event, and we'll just call that the Clam Bake. Um, you, as is always your way, posted uh, from the 15th Club newsletter, 10 notes to know. Those come out twice a week. You get got to get, you got to follow Justin Ray on Twitter. He is at Justin Ray Golf. And then you have to sign up for the newsletter, uh, the 15th Club newsletter, because that twice a week during the regular season Gives you lots of great information, nuggets, trends, stats about guys playing well on tour. And then uh, when the big tournaments come around, they publish it round by round. So let's go ahead and tip our cap, JR, to, to Nick Taylor, because that was an impressive performance. Yeah, it was fantastic. Coming down the stretch, doing a windy condition, of course, was getting a little bit tougher. Um, and he was playing in the final group with an absolute legend and Phil Mickelson who won the that tournament five times previously. Um, and Nick just, you know, stared him in the eye and pulled out that chip coming down the stretch of the back nine that really turned the corner and, and gave him a lot of momentum to steal the victory. Um, anytime a guy can win wire to wire on the tour, which is what Taylor did, it's an incredible feat. Um, uh, but to think to you for, to do it in that event where you're playing on three different courses throughout the week. Um, it speaks to a guy who was really clicking on all cylinders and you know, he was a top ranked amateur in the world uh, at one point um, when he was coming up. Um, he's a skilled guy. He's got a lot of game and you know, when it's all firing and you know, see what he's capable of, and that's, you know, beating a pretty good field and, and knocking off Phil Mickelson on Sunday at Pebble beach. So um, big win for Nick Taylor. Uh, it was a great finish. I know a lot of us were probably, you know, Phil would have set the eighth section of the BGA tour record book on fire if he'd have won. Um, you know, yesterday, uh, you get that win at, at 49, you would have tied Walter Hagen on the all-time wins list. Um, Phil's going to have a few more opportunities, I think, here um, at some of these venues this year and, and coming up pretty much every year at Pebble Beach. He could probably peg it and win until he's about 55 years old. So, um, But great win for Nick Taylor, and it was, a, it was an exciting finish. It's a slow week on TV every year, Pebble Beach, with all the celebrities and, you know, kind of, you know, extra stuff that's going on throughout the tournament, but um, it was some good golf coming down the stretch, and you know Nick was the, the obviously the the star of the show. Yeah, it was pol- it's polite. I like how politic you put your review of the TV coverage. You know, golf Twitter <laughs> um, does not have a a big uh, soft spot in its heart for the way that CBS handles 
the Pebble Beach event and, uh, you know, the, the lack of being able to see the guys in contention, especially on Saturday, you, you know, Nick Taylor was out there uh, kicking ass out. And I think he was at Spyglass on Saturday. And I don't yeah. recall seeing even like six of his shots. I know that's a that's a conversation for another day um, with another host, uh, another guest where we'll say lots of bad things, but um, not, yeah. not for this and week. Say, one thing I'd say to that is that, I mean, the, the guys who watch golf 46 weeks a year, I mean, that Saturday broadcast at the Pebble Beach Prime, it's just not for you. It's not who it's intended for. That's and I know right. that kind of stinks because you're these are the most loyal you know, consumers of the product on TV. Um, but I take, take a step back and look at it from a big picture perspective. For a lot of folks, that might be your casual sports fan. Football's just ended. This is the first golf tournament you may be tuned into all year. Here's Peyton Manning hitting a shot and Steve Young. And then, oh, yeah, here's Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson. So, I mean, it's super laid back. And obviously, you know, I don't want to get too much into, you know, the specifics of a broadcast. But, you know, maybe that one day of that one event for the whole year, it's just that's not – the hardcore golf fan is just not tailored towards you. And it can be frustrating for, I don't know, somebody like, I mean, if I was sitting there as a fan, I would probably be irritated by it, but uh, maybe, maybe a dose of, of taking a step back and thinking about it that way would, would be beneficial for some folks. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I have no problem with, with the perspective you just shared and, and exactly where it falls on the sports calendar and showing off Pebble beach, you know, the, the beautiful vistas, the cliffs, the waves, the sound of it all. The way the course looks, it does reacquaint the sports-consuming uh, public with the fact that that golf, you know, is uh, on the calendar and happening now on a weekly basis, and it is a beautiful appetizer for the week we have coming up. I want to just hit on one fact item from uh, the the Pebble Beach Pro Am that blew my mind before we move on and start talking through well, actually two, two items I want to tackle. First of all, Phil finished tied for, for third, I believe. And you included in the 10 notes to know this, this item that this is his 108th top three finish of his PGA tour career. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's 30 years of being at the top of the sport. I mean, only Tiger has more in that span. Um, and I know that he would have liked to have a lot fewer runner-up finishes in that span. The other note I had ready to go until he missed the putt on the last hole was that he has the most runner-up finishes on the PGA Tour of anybody the last 30 years, too. So, um, you know, it's amazing how close Phil Mickelson could be. To, he's got 44 wins, and he could easily have 55 or 60 if, if a few things had gone his way day-to-day on Sundays on the PGA tour throughout his career. Of course, that probably wouldn't make him, uh, that wouldn't craft who Phil Mickelson is probably because, um, he's just known a lot like Arnold Palmer. He's just known for his, uh, big time, you know, the, the times he didn't pull through when we were all pulling for him. He's known for that almost as much as his great successes. It's a, it's a good point. Speaking of guys that we're pulling for, and it was a very welcome sight to, to, to some of us, I'm I'm just a, a an unrepentant Jordan Spieth fan. Jordan Spieth had his best Sunday in what feels like a, a, a couple of years. He had a 67, um, and in your 10 notes to know, you you include the fact that this is his best score to par. He shot five under 
in the final round of a PGA Tour event since the 2018 Masters. That's unbelievable. How how are you, upon reflection on the analytics and what you saw out of Jordan Spieth, can we start to get a little excited? Um, I mean, the ball striking numbers that day were fantastic. Game nearly six and a half strokes, tee to green, um, which is one of the highest single rounds of his entire PGA Tour career. I think that's something to be excited about. Um, the biggest thing for Jordan Spieth has been just how bad he's been off the tee. And Pebble Beach presents a lot of opportunities for players who are wild because um, the way they, they the way the rough's grown in out for the Pro-Am, it's not very penalizing. So you're able to be wild off the tee and still have scoring opportunities. Hence, Phil Mickelson winning his five times in his career. You know, a guy who's never been known for being you know, accurate off the tee. So when Spieth hit the ball on the fairway, his metrics in terms of approach shots from the fairway this season are really good. So when he puts himself in those opportunities, you know, that's him saying, I've almost got it. I'm, I'm really close. You know, the thing we've been hearing him in his camp say for about a year now, the problem is he's just so infrequently in the fairway. And so he was able to, to put himself in some good spots to tee shots um, last week at Pebble Beach and, you know, see what he's capable of. He's still an elite putter, which is what he's been even during this kind of down period by his standards over the last, you know, 12, 18 months. Um, but that's what he's, you know, he's, fully capable if he can put the ball in the fairway if it's a venue where he feels comfortable um you know he's he's not that far away so um yeah i'm i'm, I'm in your camp too you know I, I think the game is in a better place when he's playing well um you know all the things he's achieved at such a young age he still has it feels like he hasn't won in forever because he hasn't won since the 2017 open but he still has the second most wins on the tour by anybody who's currently in their 20s, only behind JT. So it's a testament to just how prolific he was at such a young age. Um, and yeah, he had, he's making strides. He's getting closer. So, you know, the best final round scored apart. It was, it's almost tough to believe that it had been, you know, nearly two years since he had shot five under or better on a Sunday. But, you know, that's what we had. So um, we'll see if, if he can keep the momentum going and, you know, in April at, at Augusta National, he's one of the best performers in the history of that championship uh, round by round. So um, we'll see if he can get his game ready for the season's first major. Yeah, if he's playing the Masters, he's on my card. I'm either going to gamble yeah. <laughs> a little on him. He's in my fantasy lineup. If Jordan Spieth is physically able to play in the Masters, he's got to be on the on, on the card. Uh, so what you, you You made the point. Let's see if he can carry it over from Pebble down to Los Angeles at, at, at Riviera, different ballpark, uh, able to hit, you know, m- miss some fairways at Riviera and still uh, score. Uh, our boy JB Holmes last year um, won the event by hitting 52% of the fairways, but he was over 70% of greens in regulation, small greens at Riv. Riv plays long. There are, uh, seven par fours that are more than 450 yards, which means we get to see some long irons, Justin Ray. It's incredible. We were going to see seven irons and maybe even six irons. And JB putted the eyes out of it last year, too. He led the field in strokes made putting in his win. That's really what, you know, that was a tournament, too, that Justin Thomas basically had in the bag on Sunday, and um, it all kind of fell apart. So I'm interested to see how JT bounces back this week. Um, the guy's already won two times on the PGA tour season. He's leading with FedEx cup right now. Um, yeah, no, you'll see some more long irons and that kind of plays into the strengths of tiger woods. Well, let's go ahead and talk about tiger woods. 
Um, <laughs> you included in the 10 notes. Uh, he is the tournament host. He has played this event 13 times and he has never won this event, right? Yeah, it's it's completely incongruent with his legacy, right? I mean, he, this, this is the first... Uh, he made his PGA Tour debut at Riviera uh, 28 years ago, and to think that at that court, this is the course he's never broke through and won on, it's pretty amazing, you know, considering that he's basically checked every box you can think of, and even ones we couldn't conceive, you know, even coming up with once his career began. Um, to think that he's never broke through here is... It's pretty pretty incredible. Um, it's the only course he's played more than ten, uh, ten times and not won in his tour career. Um, you know, it's like you said. I mean, there are some long irons. Uh, long irons are a little bit more significant here than at your typical PGA Tour stop. Um, but the numbers say that Tiger really just hasn't putted well throughout his career here. He he last year is a perfect example of that. He had six three putts. That was tied for the most in the field for the week. Um, he's got negative strokes game putting per round in his career at Riviera, which is, you know, it's Tiger Woods. I mean, he's one of the best putters to ever walk the earth. It's, it's almost inconceivable that he could, you know, be less than average against the field number, which is what that strokes game number says um, at a certain venue. But that's what he's been throughout his career at Riviera. So um, I don't know if there's much more for Tiger Woods to learn at any golf course on earth, but um, maybe having a little more of a consistent appearance here at Genesis, like he has the last you know, three, four years since he's been the tournament host, uh, maybe that'll put him in a better place on the greens. Um, Cause he's going to need it. If he's going to want to contend this week. Yeah. I, there, there's a stat um, that I'm stealing from our pal, Patrick Mayo uh, with draft DraftKings contributor since 2011, Riviera has ranked as the toughest course on tour for putting from three feet and in, and that's five of the past nine seasons. So, Nine seasons since 2011. Five of those nine seasons, Riviera has been the tough for those, the toughest for those three footers, for those shorties, and that has to be the poa, the poa, right? Yeah, absolutely. And those those same statistics are are reflected in the when you look at it from four to eight feet, inside ten feet. Um, you know, consistently on the PGA Tour, it's the venues in California that are at the top of the list in terms of lowest make percentage from those short distances. And the common theme there is the Poa, obviously. So like Torrey Pines, uh, Pebble Beach, Riviera, those are always at the top of the list in terms of most difficult um, to make putts between four and eight feet, inside 10 feet. And like you said, even those shorter ones, um, plenty of misses inside three. And he t- you know, Tiger Woods has six three putts in four rounds. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's just completely, nearly unprecedented in his entire career. And it speaks to just how difficult these greens can be sometimes. Well, and, and we're talking about, you know, this will be the last thought on Tiger. He's had plenty of success in California at Torrey Pines and at Pebble Beach. Just for whatever reason, <laughs> it hasn't translated over. And maybe this, the fact that he played Torrey already, you know, w- will contribute to whatever it is um, in terms of his feel, his, 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 his overall sense of, of putting lines, whatever it may be that works for him to get him rolling the rock a little bit um, here at Riv. But I want to make sure, because it is so delicious, Justin Ray, that we talk about this matchup. And there are, we, we've, we've already properly acknowledged the, the, the absolute cornucopia of wonderful players at this event. But this is, for our intents and purposes, the first of Roy McIlroy and Brooks Kepka together 
at an unbelievable venue, R- Riviera Country Club, host of, of U.S. Opens and other majors, ready to perhaps kick off this kind of small R rivalry that looked like it might be coming <laughs> into existence at the end of last year. What do you think? The rivalry has been waged more in press rooms by reporters asking about it than actually on the court. Um, <laughs> yeah, in all sports, rivalries, they manifest themselves naturally over time. And as yes. much as we desire for it to happen, um, you know, golf is just a sport where when you've got 144 players or 120 or whatever, whatever it is in any given week trying to win a tournament, it's just usually not going to, you're usually not going to end up with the, the top two names you want there at the end. Um, it just, we wanted it with Phil and Tiger for so many years and, and never really got it in a major, only got it on a few Sundays throughout the years. Um, I remember a few years ago, uh, Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth were in a playoff in a playoff event. I think it was Northern trust in 2017. That was the first time ever that there was a PGA tour playoff between the guy ranked number one and the guy ranked number two in the world. And it hasn't happened since either. So it's, it's just so rare for it, for you to get, that kind of head-to-head rivalry type thing, you know, on the same course at the same time. And if it does come to fruition, we should just be happy that, <laughs> happy that we actually see yeah. it because it's, it's just so hard for it to happen. It's not like the NBA where typically the two best teams make it to the playoffs in either conference and you can get, you know, Celtics Lakers back in the day or whatever it might be. Um, it, it's not the same as, you know, Major League Baseball. You know, typically when you've got two teams going head-to-head or even like tennis, um, which is, I guess, a better corollary because it's an individual sport. You know, you face your opponent head to head, and then you march and get to the final to get, you know, Federer, Nadal, or Djokovic, or whatever it might be. It just doesn't happen that way because of the nature of golf. So um, I hope we can get to that point because um, <laughs> there's been a lot of interesting quotes coming out of it. Uh, Rory's deferred a lot. Kepka's kind of kicked the kicked the fire, made it a little bit bigger. You know, with some of the things he said about. You know, Rory having not won a major championship since he's been Brooks has been at the top of the game, and you know it, it's it's certainly interesting, and I hope it can grow into something that would be you know, something to captivate us here in the sport for the next ten years or so. But um, we can only hope to see it kind of manifest itself on the golf course, and you know, I've got a good opportunity this week with both guys playing uh, here at Riviera. Yeah, and and uh, we were blessed last year. We had two instances in the latter half of the season of Brooks and Rory paired together with the tournament on the line and they each got one Brooks beat Rory at the uh, WGC event down in Memphis at the end of July and then Rory came back at the Tour Championship they played you know in the same group it basically heads up um and Rory was able to to uh hold off Brooks and take down the Tour Championship now we know for uh, this this one thing about Brooks, which is um, he seems to be motivated by ex- extrinsic stuff, like a regular tour event kind of thing. He's made it pretty clear um, it doesn't really get the juices flowing. But what we have this week that might get the juices flowing a little bit, Justin, is Rory McIlroy reclaiming the world number one ranking uh, this week, uh, taking it from, from book Brooks who held it for what? 40 some consecutive weeks. Right. And the last tournament Brooks kept to play when he was not number one in the world was the PGA championship last year, which he won. 
So, <laughs> I mean, it's okay. a, it's a per- game yeah, on. Yeah, I have a, I've got another one too. So this is Kepka doesn't have a top 15 finish in any of his last four starts, right? Worldwide. The last time he went four starts without a top 15 finish, he went to the 2017 U S open and he won. So there's this, you know, just like you said, he seems to kind of need something to get under his skin to kind of really kick him into high gear. Brooks does. Um, maybe losing the number one ranking, however temporary or however for long that might be. Maybe that's something that does it. Um, you know, he's not the betting favorite this week. I think he's Brooks is fourth or fifth down the list um, behind guys like John Rahm, who's been a human torch for about nine months. And JT has been great. Rory, of course, is he's got like six top fives in his last eight starts. So, you know, there's not a lot of talk about Brooks Kepka. Tiger Woods is there. Dustin Johnson's played great at Riviera over the years. Um, this is kind of maybe the perfect storm for maybe maybe Kepka goes out there Thursday, throws a 64 on the board, and says, "All right, boys, come get it." You know, the King's back. So you know, I don't know. It, it's it's certainly something throughout the throughout the years that we've seen with Brooks that you know when something kind of gets to him that's you know not disrespects, but maybe maybe just something that kind of says he can't do it. He uh, he answers the bell. Yeah, I love this. I opened up the book. Uh, while you were um, discussing where he might fall in my book, he's available right this second at 23 to one, the same odds as, as Bubba Watson. So he is way behind. He's I one, two, three, four. He's like in, you know, seven or eight guys down. He's behind Tony Finau and behind Xander Shoffley uh, in the book that I'm looking at. Um, boy, oh boy. Brooks at 23 to one. That just feels like value. That feels like incredible value to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you can get him uh, in any tournament on any course with that kind of value, it's probably it's worth a second look for sure, at least. All right, Justin. Before we move on, want to tell everybody about the Chrome Soft X Triple Track Golf Ball. Phil Mickelson's using it. There's a new one out this year, 2020. It features Callaway's Triple Track technology to help improve alignment. I'm not sure if everybody witnessed the unbelievable short game performance that Phil Mickelson put on this past Saturday at Pebble Beach from virtually every bunker that he found himself in, plus some short game uh, uh, chip-ins from off the green. He has used a triple track golf ball on tour since the beginning of 2019. He used a Chrome Soft X triple track golf ball last year to win at Pebble Beach. The design on these balls features, this is the science part, vernier hyperacuity. You can look that up. It's spelled V-E-R-N-I-E-R, hyperacuity. And that basically translates into crazy improved visual alignment. In fact, 88% of the golfers using the triple track are finding themselves better aligned. The triple track golf balls continue to be a popular choice on tour for elite players like Phil Xander Shoffley and Francisco Molinari available right now at CallawayGolf.com. All right, back to the Genesis. You mentioned a bunch of the names. Let's try and help um, folks, you know, building their fantasy lineups, their DFS lineups, or just want to sprinkle a little bit of cash out there. Um, you have to play 
Rory. You have to play John Rahm. You have to play Justin Thomas, right? Is there any reason that either any of those three guys, now you, you're not going to be able to build a DFS lineup with all those guys and your fantasy lineup might not accommodate all those guys. Um, but, but you have to figure out a way to play at least, at least two of them. It, it, is there anybody else that you put in that t- tippy tippy top tier category? Uh, probably not in that one, two, three with those guys. I mean, those are inarguably the three hottest players in the world right now. Um, you know, Rom contends every week he plays, um, Rory essentially is in that same boat. Um, Justin Thomas, like I said, has already won twice this season. Thomas nearly won this tournament last year. Um, JT is one of the best scoring averages in the history of this tournament among guys who haven't won it yet. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think I would necessarily put, um, anybody else in that class. I certainly like a handful of other players to, to succeed this week. Um, you could probably make the argument of for Tony Finau to be near that class. Um, but those are, I think that those three are kind of head and shoulders. The way I felt about Dustin Johnson going into Pebble Beach last week is kind of the head and shoulders favorite above everybody. I think those three guys are, are maybe, maybe a step, step and a half above the rest of the field going into the tournament. I'm glad that you mentioned Tony Finau. He has a good uh, track record uh, at this venue in terms of his second place finish a couple years ago. He's He's been kind of, you know, top Sixty other, you know, not not incredible, but I'm I'm wondering, and I'm a guy that likes stories, that likes narratives. Um, he has been prominent with his tributes to to Kobe Bryant, and I know, uh, without having done any research whatsoever, that there will be some acknowledgement. You know, Tiger and his team will do something um, to to as in the way of a tribute to Kobe this week, and it. You know, story-wise, to me, the best story would be Tiger Woods winning this event and and making it a tribute to to Kobe Bryant um, because of the similarities between Tiger and Kobe that a lot of great um, golf journalists have have written about. Jason Sobel wrote about it. Kyle Porter wrote about it. Some other folks made the connections. Um, but Tony Finau, as a guy who's a prominent basketball fan, a prominent Lakers fan. And as close as he got at the Phoenix Open a couple of weeks ago, that also could be a cool L.A. story. You agree? Yeah, I agree 100 percent. I mean, it'd be a really popular win, too. You know, it's well documented how many times Tony's gotten really close to breaking through with another win here in the last few years. and Just a really hard luck loss to uh, Webb Simpson at Phoenix a few weeks ago. I think the PGA Tour has announced it's going to involve something with the eighth hole this week, which would be okay. fitting. Um, yep. so yeah, I mean, and Tony, you, I mean, he's finished six or better in three of his four starts around the world this year. You mentioned his runner up finish two years ago here. He was 15th last year with nothing, which is, you know, nothing to shake your head at. Um, I, I mean, I can't think of anybody who'd be a more popular winner this week than Tony Finau. just, you know, universally liked on the PGA tour. Um, and then with that basketball background, his family, you know, he's, I think Jabari Bark, Jabari Parker is his cousin, I believe. Um, it's, you know, a lot of strong ties there, and that would be a great way to break through. You kind of picture him, you know, maybe throwing the jersey on, walking up the seventy-second hole. Um, you mentioned Tiger winning, having would have been, you know, that'd be an amazing story this week too. Um, to see him get his eighty-third win, you know, that's one more basket than Kobe's eighty-one points. Um, that you oh, know, he wow. had the memorable night uh, twenty-some years ago. So yeah, so I, I mean, either one would be be an awesome story. Obviously, Tiger would. Um, 
take precedent in terms of, you know, uh, leading newscasts and things like that over, over Tony Finau win. But yeah, no, I, I think Tony is a great, he's Tony's actually my pick this week to win. Um, just because of his, his form here, his ball striking metrics across the board, um, his resume at Riviera. Um, I really like Tony Finau a lot. He'd be a popular winner. Well, let's, uh, as is our way, cover off a couple names that are not in this tippy top tier that you're interested in, that you're kind of excited about um, to see them that, that may be a little below the radar. Yeah. So I have a, I have a very advanced algorithm here that points to one particular player. I'm going to explain it. Very, <laughs> very complicated, scientific. 2014, Bubba Watson won at Riviera. Two years later, 2016, Bubba Watson won at Riviera. Two years later, 2018, Bubba Watson won at, won at Riviera. This complicated algorithm says 2020, two years later, we should probably look for Bubba Watson to at least contend at Riviera. So that's my very sophisticated system saying maybe Bubba would be in the mix here. You know, they every two years type thing. <laughs> that's some data. That's some that's some high class stuff. This is why we have you on the on the podcast, Justin Ray. Now look if you the kind of things you can only get through years of experience and very <laughs> significant data analysis. Um no, but Boba's a great fit here. He's won here three times, like I said. Lefties have a real great propensity for winning at Riviera. I don't know if it's shot shape or what it might be, but Phil's won here twice, Mike Weir's won here twice. Um it's the course that's yielded as many lefty winners is basically anywhere. Um, so yeah, Bubba, is interesting. You know, he's not the same player he was a few years ago, but he kind of popped up out of nowhere a couple of years ago and one here too. Um, another guy who I saw at, I think 35 to one in one place. I've seen him at 40 to one. Um, he hasn't had a great last couple of months, but Justin Rose has been one of the best players on the planet the last five years. And to get value at him around 40 to one, 35 to one anywhere it's pretty staggering to me, especially since this is a guy who has the second best scoring average of anybody at Riviera over the last 10 years. So Justin Rose, I think is like, he's not in the same kind of form he was maybe a year ago at this time. Um, but he's a guy who's so incredibly talented, so experienced, you know, great track record here. Um, I think he's somebody who's really interesting. Another guy too, who you mentioned is making his first start of the year. Um, he won his last start of the year, the Australian PGA championship. Adam Scott has an unbelievable track record at Riviera as well. Um, he's third and uh, he scored a par of the last five years at Riviera. He has the third best scoring average at Riv the last 10 years. Um, a lot of reasons to point to Adam Scott. You can find him at a decent value um, for your DraftKings or Daily Fantasy Line or whatever it is, um, or maybe to even win outright. Um, so, you know, those are, those are a couple of, of veteran guys who, you know, they're bigger names. Um, but you know, I could see, I could see them definitely being in the mix this week. Um, there's one other player and you actually mentioned him and it was surprising cause I thought he would be a little more under the radar. Um, but it's a guy who's a stalwart on the European tour and hasn't played a lot in the United States yet. South African named Eric Van Royen. Um, he finished runner up three times on the European tour last year, one last year. He's a long guy. He's an outstanding putter. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Van Royen contended in a major championship this year. I don't know if maybe this week is the is the week to to pick a guy who hasn't played in a ton of, of events in the United States yet. Um, it's kind of a big stage and a big event. I might want to see him, you know, playing a few more events in the U.S. before going that far. But um, he's a really talented guy. He's kind of in another gear in his career over the last eighteen months, and now he's in the top fifty in the world. So. Um, but you know, props to you, House, for for pulling Eric Van Royen out, looking at guys in the field this week. 
Well, I will tell you this. One of the things that's interesting um, for him and Brandon Grace, the South Africans are comfortable with this kukuyu grass. We're going to hear the, the broadcasters talk about kukuyu probably 7,000 times this coming weekend, and I can't get enough of it. But, you know, that's the, yeah, the, the predominant. Doesn't start, the golf season doesn't start till Ian Baker Finch says kukuyu with his, his Australian <laughs> accent. Well, that this is it. This is the official the the official kickoff. Uh, but yeah, Van Royen and Brandon Grace. I'm just you know, if you have to round out a lineup, they're a little bit they're far enough down that you can get some decent prices for them. Um, I'm going to let you go because you, if you're willing, will grace us with some thoughts and observations as uh, each of the majors come up. But before I let you go, I'm just going to end end with this question. Who's going to win the Masters? Justin Thomas. Wow. Okay. His iron play is as good as anybody. Um, he's hit kind of another level in terms of his ball striking here over the last 12 to 18 months. Justin Thomas' career finishes at Augusta 39th, then 22nd, then 17th, and then 12th last year. So he's on a very promising trend upward. Um, so in that five seconds I had to think about it, I'll go Justin Thomas. Great job. He's available right now, 14 to 1. Jump on it before he gets down to single digits, everybody. Justin Ray, always a pleasure. Thanks for making your 2020 debut. We'll talk to you as it gets warm down in Augusta, Georgia. Thanks as always for having me, man. Really enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, Justin. Talk to you soon. All right. My thanks as always to Justin Ray. We're about to enjoy the season debut of Harry Gagnon. But first, a quick word from some friends. Mizzen and Maine. Par Saving Pals, have you ever worn a dress shirt? I know that you have. We all have, and subconsciously, it reminds us of a straight jacket. How about this good news? Mizzen and Maine has made dress shirts better by making dress shirts for men that are actually comfortable. The secret is the fit and the fabric. They are well tailored so they fit comfortably and are made out of performance fabrics, which mean they breathe, stretch, and wick away moisture. Best of all, they are machine washable. No wonder this is the dress shirt of choice for Phil Mickelson. He's even worn them on tour, which I know you have seen because Tiger Woods was busting his balls. It's a handsome shirt. I will tell you, I my own self own Mizzen and Maine that I paid for with my own hard-earned American dollars, and I love these shirts. I will play a round of golf in the full, down-the-sleeve, full-sleeve dress shirt. If, if, if a dress shirt can hold up to that level of golf, imagine what it can do in your day-to-day the shirts are wrinkle-resistant, and that makes them great for travel. So ditch the dry cleaner start wearing a dress shirt that's comfortable. Head on over to Mizzen and Main's website, www.comfortable.af. Guess what that stands for? www.comfortable.af to check out their shirts and get one for yourself. You can use a code from us. At checkout, to get 10 bucks off your order, you use the code FAIRWAY, F-A-I-R-W-A-Y, at checkout to get 10 bucks off your order. Mizzen and Maine, it's never felt better to look your best.
Birdie Buddies also want to tell you about Nobu Los Cabos. Okay, Nobu Hotel Los Cabos is the first Nobu Hotel in Mexico. It's a 200-room property that seamlessly blends contemporary Japanese minimalism with locally sourced natural Mexican materials and finishes. The resort is drawing design inspiration from the Japanese aesthetic of the Nobu brand. You know that brand. As well as the unique elements of Cabo San Lucas. So Nobu Hotel Los Cabos, the perfect fusion of architectural elegance and laid-back luxury. Guests have access, and this is what you want to especially pay attention to, to two exclusive golf courses. One designed by Davis Love III and one designed by Tiger Woods at Diamante Cabo San Lucas. The Dunes course by DL3 was ranked number 36 in the world by Golf Magazine in 2017 and the number one course in all of Mexico by Golf Digest in 2016. The hotel features world-renowned dining options, hungry homies, including an oceanfront Nobu restaurant and farm-to-table restaurant, Malibu Farm. They have four infinity pools featuring private swim-up cabanas, private beach cabanas, four super cabanas equipped with a bathroom, day bed, living area, TV. The Essencia Wellness includes over 13,000 square feet of spa space, 3,000 square feet full-service gym equipment, indoor-outdoor yoga, spinning. Visit Nobu Hotel, Los Cabos, Dot com or contact your preferred travel professional. All right, my Eagle enthusiast now on the tee. He is our beloved pal. You may know him as part of the Degenerate Trifecta on Cousin Sal's podcast against all odds. You may know him from his columns and appearances now on oddssharks.com. Of course you know him and recall him from his many appearances on this show, making his 2020 debut on Fairway Rolling. It is our beloved buddy, Harry Gagnon. How are you, buddy? Pleasure to be on. I love being I love being on this show. You know I love talking golf with you. Well, look, it is the big time, Harry. The, the, the season is, is really underway now. We're at the end of the California swing. We're at the iconic Riviera Country Club. Tiger is the host. We have nine out of the top 10 golfers in the world assembled for this event. It's time to break out the big guns. And you, my friend, are a big gun here on Fairway Rolling. Appreciate it. You know, the, the, this field is, uh, I, I can't wait for this week. I can't wait for Thursday. The field in this, like you just mentioned, it's fantastic. I mean, it's as good as any major that we're going to get. And I just had our pal Justin Ray from the 15th Club on, and we were talking about how wonderful this stretch is that we have. Now we have incredible tournaments. If this can really hold, if this um, this field that, that Tiger's bringing together, if folks can can build their schedules now in this new sort of compressed major schedule era that we're in, where we have Riviera in in February, and and honestly, T- Tory Pines has, has been getting a always gets a great field. 
Um, that's in January. But if we get this kind of major field in February, and then we have the Players Championship in March, and then we have the Masters in April, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, the British Open, we're basically like February through July, just looking at unbelievable golf. And then August, you know, we, we have the, the fun FedEx Cup um, tournament where, you know, you go from 120 guys down to 30 guys and a, a bunch of those guys can win. It's a really great uh, golf schedule now. Do you agree with me? Oh, absolutely. And especially like you mentioned this week, like, I mean, we have guys that we haven't seen all year yet. We haven't seen on the PGA tour, barely seen on the European tour. Uh, Henrik Stenson's been uh, uh, invisible for the most part lately. He's there, Adam Scott. I mean, we have guys that Matthew, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's been uh, uh, playing on the, uh, a little bit on the PGA tour a little bit, but uh, and Matt Wallace, who was a surprise, uh, player from last year too. He's here too. Uh, Danny Willett's back, you know, Eddie Pepperell's playing in this. So a lot of guys that are on the European tour, Tiger brought over and we've got a modest playing. He hasn't played in the States and I don't think he's played all year yet. So we got plenty of guys here that, you know, play on the European tour that are big names that are here in, uh, in, in Los Angeles this week. Yes, sir. So let's jump right into it. I know it's kind of early in the week. Um, but I know that you've been looking at it and giving, you know, building, uh, out some, uh, some, some thoughts, some guidance to give out to your own folks at odd shark, who is catching your fancy this week? Well, you know, it's definitely right now currently is, uh, Bubba Watson and you can get him at like 23, 25 to one to win it all. Uh, top 10, top five, top 20 came out. I saw this morning, I was looking through and for top 10, you can get Bubba at two to one. Um, he's played five tournaments so far this year. And in the past couple of years, he's been shaky and erratic at times, but he's made five tournament uh, appearances so far this year. He's got five cuts made. He finished sixth at Torrey Pines. Uh, he finished third here in uh, Scottsdale at the Waste Management Open. In all five of those tournaments, he's got uh, top 20 finishes in them. And in odd, or excuse me, on even years, he wins this tournament. He won it in 18. He won it in, uh, he won it in uh, uh, 16 and he won it in 14. Uh, yeah. and, and 2015, he finished 14th and last year he finished 15th. So top 10 at plus 200 is definitely a great value with uh, Bubba Watson and especially with the way he's been playing. I was at that, uh, uh, the TPC uh, waste management open here in Scottsdale on that Saturday. And, um, Played great there too. I caught a couple holes of his. I followed him around a little bit um, from what I could because the crowd was so crazy. I mean, let me tell you something. Insane. Have you ever been to it? House? Have I haven't been. It's, been. it's on my golf bucket list. Everybody says uh, I have to get there. I want to spend, you know, a half of a day out in at the bleachers at 16. But really, I just want to be with everybody. It's such a huge event. Enormous crowds. I just want to watch walk around with, with the group and everybody says it's overwhelmingly friendly and positive. It's such a nice, uh, event to, to be at in addition to, you know, the alcohol fueled, uh, oh. sort of, uh, hilarity that ensues, right? Who's best beyond belief? Of course. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've actually been the, uh, been lucky enough to be on 16th hole one year where it's just, it's, 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 it's obviously people talk about it and it's something that, um, 
uh, it's unlike anything else in golf and in sports. It's just crazy. It's basically an anomaly in itself with uh, how crazy it is on 16th on the 16th hole there. But uh, still, like I said, it, it listen. Be my guest. Come on out anytime, and we'll go because we'll have a we'll have a blast. Maybe next year or something. Because it is something that there was. I think there was on Saturday. 289,000 people just on Saturday. One day at one venue. I mean, this is the thing. I don't think there's anything that rivals it. Maybe the uh, Indianapolis 500, they can get, you know, a couple hundred thousand people out for that sure. thing because it's a giant track. But but this this by far, um, I think, is the biggest American uh, sporting yeah, event. And, and let me tell you, the following, the following for Bubba is just everybody loves the guy. Uh, and again, like I said, he finished third this past year. And again, to get back on track in terms of the Riviera, I really like him at uh, at twenty three to one, possibly to win the whole thing. But again, especially top ten, you can get him at two to one. Two times your money is great. Um, I also like uh, Justin Thomas, top ten at minus one twenty five. Um, he finished second there last year in two thousand eighteen. He finished ninth, so he's getting a feel for that course too. Um, he's really enjoying it. So uh, those are the two guys that I have a feel for so far this week. Okay, well now, uh, would you call one of those two guys your Maverick Driver pick of the week? Because Harry, I have to tell you, the the Maverick Driver is in play. We're talking about the brand new driver by Callaway Golf. Phil Mickelson has been playing with it the last two weeks. Top five performances in both weeks, and he, this this driver it has their brand new Callaway artificial intelligent design flash face that's engineered to promote fast ball speeds across a more expansive area in each model and loft. And it's a great combination of low spin and high MOI. That's a scientific term. term. Uh, uh, I think it means it helps the ball go further and interchangeable weights to help you fine tune your trajectory one of those two guys your maverick driver pick of the week harry wow you you sold me on that you sold me already house on that but still yeah you know what uh by the way phil uh you know third all time on the money list riviera with two wins two second place finishes uh he's been like i said he's been playing really well so far i think he's going to turn 50 uh in june so uh that's it that, that he it's good to see him out there and playing well he played good in uh palm springs too so that was good to see but i still going to go with Listen, it's an it's an it's an even year. Like I said, Bubba's won in 2014, 2016, uh, 2018. I'm going to go 2020. I'm going to go Bubba at 23 to one. I love it. Well, I I, I have a guy. This is going to be sound. Uh, uh, it's it's on the one hand kind of chalky, but on the other hand, it feels like a rare instance of value. A guy without a great track record at this venue, um, but I just am rooting for now look i'm rooting for for one thing and one thing only that's tiger woods to win and make a a, a great tribute to, to kobe bryant i want tiger to get his historical 83rd win to break sam c's record this week in los angeles and and have that tie in with kobe that's what i'm rooting for more than anything else but for the purposes of of you know making a a, a pick and what I'm really rooting for is is um, the direction of the season that I'm I'm hoping for. Brooks Kepka, Harry, is available right this second at twenty three to one yeah. to win this this yeah. tournament, and and you can get Brooks right now 
at, let me look, let me pull up the, the top 10 odds right now. Brooks Kepka available at two to one plus 200. Now we know one thing about him. And we talked a little bit about this with, with Justin Ray Brooks loves it when people sleep on him, dismiss him, forget about him. This is the first time this week at Riviera will be the first tournament that he's going to play not ranked number one in the world because right. Rory just just displaced him. The last time Brooks Kepka played a golf tournament not ranked number one in the world, that was the 2019 PGA, which he went out and won. And the last time Brooks Kepka played a tournament coming off of four straight results outside the top 15. So he's been, you know, you look at his early season results so far, he's been over in the Middle East kind of scuffling around a little bit. All of his results outside the top 15. The last time, four straight results outside the top 15. That was in 2017. The tournament he played was the U.S. Open, and he won that one also, Harry. So I am absolutely, I'm loving two to one to top 10, 23 to one to 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 win this is i mean you're not going to get these kinds of odds on on brooks kepka for the whole rest of the season no and i'm looking i'm looking right now uh you got me uh very uh interested here i'm looking at top five and get him at five to one top five as well i mean those are great odds for for brooks like there's nothing that's happened to him to put us off of him he had the knee surgery he had a setback with it um so he didn't play in the in the president's uh cup but he's been all indications are he's been healthy since he was off in the in the Middle East. I think he's ready to come back here to the United States, play in this incredible field, and remind all of us the place that he thinks he occupies in the in the in the golf hierarchy. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he, that's a great point. I mean, that, yeah, you know, he's over in uh, Dubai and he's playing in those tournaments. Maybe uh, you would know better than me if he's just you know going through the motions as getting some prep in for the, for the tour. Uh, I think also, um, you know, I think that maybe with Rory being number one in the country in the, in the world now, maybe that's got him, uh, motivated to just come out and maybe, like he said, maybe this week, maybe, uh, in the very near future to get back at that number one position, because, uh, I'm sure he loves it. Uh, Rory's deserve it of it. You know, Rory's, uh, Rory, Rory may play uh, really well here, too, uh, this week, too. I think he finished fourth last year. Uh, again, we discussed uh, last time I was on Rory playing a lot of tournaments, uh, changing his schedule around, so he plays a lot more in the United States, uh, which is always good to see. Uh, it's great having him in the field, always, definitely. But uh, this might be a situation where not being number one anymore just really motivates Brooks Kepka to really do something more than he's already done and to get that number one position back. I mean, my, my fingers are crossed. Now let's, let's mention one or two guys that are not, you know, uh, tippy top names. And well, this will be our, our sort of parting shot for everybody. Tell me a guy or two. That's not like the most prominent name that you're looking at, or that you think might be a little bit of value, uh, going into Riviera this week. Cause the feel, I mean, it's just a stacked, incredible assembly of, of the very, world's very best golfers. It really is. And I, you know, I think also, I think, Maybe here I'm looking at maybe a top five, uh, top ten, maybe uh, and uh, a guy from Mexico, Abraham Answer. I like the way he played in the Presidents Cup. He was playing yes. top. He played top. 
He really showed up a lot. Uh, he, he was playing, making some great putts. Um, so he's a possible situation where I think he might come out and shoot really well. He's uh, I'm looking right now at top five. He's at thirteen to one, and a guy who's defending champ who played well, uh, who's been playing well lately, uh, played well um, at uh, at uh, Pebble Beach, and that's um, JB Holmes. JB Holmes has been playing good this, uh, this in these tournaments lately to start the season. Uh, you, you can get him at fifteen to one for a top five finish. So that's very interesting. I like the way he's been playing. He's been really crushing the ball and putting uh, where he, it's caused him problems before. Uh, he's been really good. And at a top ten, you can get JB Holmes at six to one. Yeah, I I like him a lot. I mean, that, those are that's that's good value. Like he he, he shows us. When he's comfortable, I mean, he he did a uh, uh, he had a great uh, when he's comfortable. Exactly. Sometimes that's not so easy for him to do because sometimes on the weekends he's a guy that comes. Sometimes you know might shoot uh, sixty seven, sixty eight on Thursday, Friday, and then come out with a seventy five, seventy four on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, I I my my parting shot. I'm gonna um, put folks on Kevin Na. So I have a plus two thirty seven to top twenty. 17 to one, Harry, Kevin Na oh, wow. to finish in the top 10. Now, listen, he's the last eight months or so. He's won uh, twice on tour. He won the Greenbrier in 2018. So that's three mm-hmm. events, you know, in, in, in kind of like 20 months or so. Plus, he loves Riviera. Three top five finishes at Riviera and another top 10. And, and, and you know, Kevin Na in, in some kind of form, I mean that seventeen to one to top ten. I I think we just need to end this podcast so we can go jump on that right away. Well, Nas has been look. You're right. He's been fantastic, and he's all. He's, he's, this might be. I mean, you would know again probably a little better, but he's twenty eighth in the world rankings. That's got to be maybe his highest uh, ever. And he's tenth in FedEx, FedEx Cup points right now, and I know that's uh, a bit deceiving because a lot of these guys haven't played any of the tournaments uh, yet. Um, and starting maybe this week is a lot of these guys' first tournament for the uh, season. Uh, but still, 28th in the world, Kevin Nye. You wouldn't think so, but that's where he's at. And he won in Las Vegas. I know. This is what I mean. That was the Shriners event. It's, it's you know that yeah. that was bare. That's not even six months ago. Carrie, I think we've done it. Welcome to Fairway Rolling in 2020. We'll we will check in with you periodically. We'll be checking out all of your wagers at oddshark.com. We can follow you on the Twitter because you put all your stuff up there. What's the Twitter handle again? Uh, AAO Harry, and also uh, here in uh, Scottsdale, uh, Joe. I've just started it's, uh, a couple months in. I've got my own sports gambling uh, radio show slash podcast. It's called BestBetCorner.com. So you can always catch my picks and uh, uh, of all different sports on the website, and also on that website you can listen to the show, my weekly show that I have once a week on that as well. Yeah, well, and, and obviously everybody could get your stuff every Wednesday on the Ringer Podcast Network against all odds, the degenerate trifecta with Cousin Sal. Harry, we did it. it it's, a, it's a triumph. Best of luck to all of us. Good return on investment to everybody this week, right? It's been too, it's been too long, Joe. I love this. You know I love it. So yeah, anytime you need me, anytime you want me, I'm, I love talking golf with you. So yeah, good luck this weekend with Riviera, and thanks for everything. All right, H Dog, we're off and rolling. All right, there we go, my par saving pals. What a week. We can't wait to talk to you about 
how everybody did. Next week, we're back. We're going to recap the Genesis. We're going to recap whoever it is that wins this thing. You know it's going to be somebody unbelievable. And we'll do a little preview of the WGC event coming up in Mexico. Until then, my par-saving pals, let's hit them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.